0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Wow, wow. Thank you. It's great to be in church. Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate God's Spirit being poured out. What an amazing weekend we had last weekend, hey? And we had Murray Newman, a prophet here on Saturday and Sunday. Well, he shook things up and uh, a great sense of humour and we've already booked him for next year. He's coming back in May next year. And so if you missed out and you were away last weekend or weren't here, we had our Holy Spirit encounter on Saturday with 120 pastors and leaders and uh, volunteers. And then on Sunday morning, Sunday night was so powerful. We were chatting to, uh, to Benji and uh, the, he, uh, Murray had a word for uh, Ben on Saturday Sunday night. And Ben was here on Sunday morning and he he slept in in the afternoon and missed church. I said, mate, you missed out. But I said, the Holy Spirit will still speak to you the word. But hey, I love being in church because you never know what's going to happen. Tonight, uh, 5 o'clock, there's prayer happening, combined church prayer at 5 to 6 as well as soup. And then an amazing night together. Michael, I just see the word yes over the top of your head. In other words, God says yes. You can make it. And he also says, I'm going to give you the grace and power for you to keep saying yes to the work of the Spirit of God. Because the more you say yes, the easier it is to say no to the things that have tried to destroy your life. Lord, I just pray you would just minister that to Michael right now in Jesus' name. Encourage him. Fill him with courage. Holy Spirit, you are more than enough for his life in Jesus' name. Who else is called Michael in this place today? give me a wave, all the Michaels, wow, look at them all, hey, is Michael, there's three three here, wow, and another one down the back, four, wow, Michael, Michael Kidd, Michael is a generous man, he's bought a whole wheelbarrow full today of grapefruit out there that you can take and that speaks to me, God says, you're a generous man, Michael, The enemy's tried to steal from you, but he says, just keep being generous because he will continue to always meet your needs. As you sow, there will always be enough for you, Michael. God's going to provide for you, not only financially, but um, with the right relationships, with uh, spiritual overflow, and you'll never, ever be alone. There's Michael. Michael Moran helps on one of our frontline teams. Been through an operation recently. I see the word favour over you, Michael. God's favour is on you. Even though you've been through some challenges, God's favour is on you. And remember 10 years ago, the day you drove in the car park here and said, I want to know, I'm trying to find a church. And I remember talking to you in the car park, not on a Sunday, but during the week. And God's favour is on you and your wife. His favour, it's going to overflow. And you're like, And Michael Ferguson, Michael, what an amazing man of God. Michael, the Bible says that you will never be alone. He walks with you. And out of innermost being is going to flow rivers of living water. And out of the depth of your trial, living water is pouring out to other people. And it's going to increase. It won't be hard work. It won't be a striving. It will overflow your life. And down the back, Michael, man with a beard. All the bearded people got prophecies last week, so Michael's here today. (laughs) I just see, I see the word courage, courage and strength over your life. And and you've you've touched more people than you think. You think, well, I'm just a quiet guy, I just sort of hide in the backgrounds, but the Spirit of God wants to encourage you that your life touches many more people than you realize. And just keep standing tall, standing strong, and God says, I will give you courage to step out and do more than you think you can do. The Spirit of God's there to help you. Lord, I just pray your precious anointing over each of these men today in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, your living word today will just overflow our lives. You are mighty. Holy Spirit, fill this place. Fill our lives. Lord, shift things today as we share your word. You're shifting the atmosphere over our lives. You're shifting our influence in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone shouted? Amen. Amen. Let's take our seats. Wow, God is so good. Wow, it's so good to be in the presence of God. Mary Lynn sends a greeting. She uh, was on the Sunshine Coast for a baby shower and she's headed off to catch up with all the grandkids today. So uh, she'll be having lots of fun and come back worn out, but that's okay. <laughs> Emotionally filled and, and physically tired. That's what happens when, uh, when you have lots of grandkids. God is so... Today's Pentecost Sunday. Acts two one to four is the passage where we celebrate the Holy Spirit being poured out. Jesus said, "It's better if I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit." And they're just saying, "Jesus, we're just getting used to hanging out with you. You're awesome." And they said, "No, please don't leave us." But Jesus said, "It's better if you go because the Holy Spirit's coming," and they didn't really know what was going to happen. Well, fifty days after Jesus uh, rose from the dead, they were praying for ten days. 500 people started praying, um, 10 days later there was only 120 left. Imagine if you were one of the 380 that didn't hang in there. God says, go and pray in the upper room and wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And they saying, well, day one, day two, day three. How would it be if you were the last one that left to go and get some food at Mackers and the Holy Spirit got poured out? Wow, that'd be pretty sad, wouldn't it? Hey, but God's there and he pours out his spirit. Acts 2, 1 where it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's powerful. They were in unity. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes quietly. Sometimes he just blows in and invades and shakes everything. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And we see the supernatural event of speaking in a heavenly language, an earthly language they'd never learned. They prophesied the power of God. came. It says there was a roar from heaven and people came running from all over the city. Something happened in the heavenlies that day as God invaded earth. He invaded earth by sending Jesus and now he invaded earth by sending the Holy Spirit in power and the world's never been the same since because the church was birthed that day. 3,000 people came to Christ and that was the birthing of the church of Jesus Christ that now has hundreds of millions and billions of people around the world. The earth is never the same when God shows up. And so it says there was such a roar, there was something happening and it wasn't just the people that were within earshot of what was happening as they spilled out of the upper room and out onto the uh, streets, but there was a roar, something happened across that whole city. And remember there were tens of thousands of people that had come for Pentecost from all the whole uh, region of the Middle East and Southern Europe. They were all there for this well-known Feast of Pentecost. So God knows when to pour out His Spirit, they're all there. They were filled to overflowing and things have never been the same thing. When the Holy Spirit fills our lives, lots of things happen, but here's three that happen. Number one, there is freedom. Number two, there is transformation and number three there is generosity. There's many more, but I just want to mention those three today. there is freedom. Second Corinthians 3:17 says, "Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. Hey, if the Spirit of God has ended your life and when you're born again by the Spirit and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have freedom. You don't have to get freedom, you have it and God wants to show you how to live in it. So often we're trying to get something, God says, I've already given it to you, you just need to know how to live in it and overflow in it. And God has given you freedom. And it goes on and says, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit brings freedom, he brings transformation, he's changing you into the image of Christ. You become a more caring, loving, kind, generous person as the Spirit of God works in your life. He deals a death blow to selfishness. We're all self-centered by nature, but when the Jesus lives in us, we will become others-centered and God-centered. The Spirit of God is consistently transforming our worldview, our mindsets, how we see ourselves, how we see others. We don't have to live a competitive world. We can live a world where we love and complete one another and, and complement one another. So we have freedom, transformation, and in Acts 2.42... After the Holy Spirit was poured out, within the coming weeks and months, there was lots of people that were in the city from outside of Jerusalem and they all stayed on because the Holy Spirit got poured out. Things were so exciting, they didn't go home. Some stayed there for years until the Lord says, I'm going to send you. They didn't want to go because they we're having a party until persecution came and they were forced to go back out to carry the good news. Sometimes we want to just enjoy the blessings, but God says, hey, you are blessed to be a blessing. So don't just hold it in your heart, your family, our church. Let's be a blessing to everyone that God sends us to, because that's what he's called us to do. But in Acts 2.42, after weeks or months, when they were sharing together, this is what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Didn't just have to wait till Sunday for salvations every day. People are saying, hey, we're envious of what you got. What do you've got? Because when you live with a overflowing Christian life, people want to find out what have you got? What's in your household? There's peace. There's joy. What's in your heart in the workplace? What's in your heart when you go through a trial and you just keep on trusting God instead of just giving in to discouragement and depression like everyone else does? And so they were drawn. People were drawn. In uh, the Passion Version, it says, Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another. I love that. Isn't it awesome to belong to the family of God, to the body of Christ? It is so precious. Sharing communion, and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone. Wow. Holy awe swept over. Not only the church, but the community, the city was trying to wait. What's going on? Let me tell you, you know when revival comes when the conversations at the shopping centre and at the uh, uh, supermarket and at the petrol station are about what God's up to in the city. That's when revival comes. Not when just two or three people get saved, but there's an awe comes across the whole city. What's happening at those churches? What's happening? We're in our community. Things are shifting. Instead of talking about the crime rates and all the problems in our society, they start talking about the lives that are being transformed. That's when you know revival and the Spirit of God has brought broken loose in a city and let me tell you it starts with you and I and God's spirit is being poured out again oh God do it again Lord do it again Lord in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams your young men will see visions it's a bit scary because I'm dreaming more than I'm seeing now so (laughs) maybe something to do with the white hair no matter what age you are, let the Spirit of God just flow through you and impact our lives. So you live a supernatural life, not just an earthly natural existence, because we're citizens of heaven and of earth. Wow, what a privilege that is and a responsibility. So it goes on and says um, the Holy or- and the apostles perform many miraculous signs and wonders. We're going to see an increasing flow of the supernatural power of God so it becomes more common, but it causes awe in people's lives. All the believers were in fellowship as one body and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. So some of them had spare assets they would sell and it says there was no needy people among them. Wow, that's a a work of God. Mate, we're a blessed country, but we've still got a lot of needy people among us. And we need the Spirit of God to change people's mindsets, to shift our perspective. And the last few weeks I've been talking um, a little bit about God, money and me and finances. And some people get excited about that and other people say, what, you can't talk about money in church? Remember I shared the truth that Jesus, out of all his teaching, one in six verses was about finances and possessions. He spoke way more about that than all the other topics in the Bible. And people say, oh, the church can't talk about that. Hey, read what Jesus said and let's do what he did. Because he knows where our treasure is, there will our heart be And I want to just pick up that thought of generosity and the flow in Acts 4. This is now maybe a year or two later. Verse 32 says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. So they're still in unity. That's a miracle. They're still together. They're from all different nationalities. God's Spirit's working. No one claimed that any of their possessions were their own, but they shared everything they had. Wow, that's an amazing thing. Doesn't mean you've got to go out and sell all your property today, but God wants us to be generous with what we have. If you've got a lovely house, make sure you don't just have it for yourself. Invite people to come and have meals there. Host people, share what we have, our food. Every blessing we have, let's share it for the glory of God. And it says... With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, all, that there were no needy persons among them. Here it is again. This is now uh, months or maybe a year or two later. There was such a provision of God that everyone was out looking to find help each other's needs. I thought, God, help us. Help us to know how to do this in our crazy modern world and the spirit of God wants us to reach out and give and share from time to time those who owned land or houses sold and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles feet and it was distributed to anyone who had need Oh, God, when the Spirit of God works, you become generous. You want to share your story. Thanks, Brad, for sharing your story today. That takes courage. You shared your story of your heart, and that's going to win many people into the kingdom of God. So you share your story. You don't just keep it to yourself. You share your food, your resources. You share your gifts. You share your opportunities. You share your experience. You share the gifts and fruit of the Spirit of God, and life flows because God's blessing comes. Let's not hold it to ourselves, let's be generous, let's have large hearts that give and if we do have finances, let's share the overflow of that and put it into the kingdom of our God and as uh, Pastor Peter said next Sunday, we're going to have a opportunity for a special offering for our land across the street there and normally in June we take a home for the harvest offering and building and preparing for our future church here but this year the board and the leadership felt hey God's given us that land we bought it years ago let's start to develop it and as you're aware the Bayside Care House across the road being owned by a Christian businessman he's retired he's selling it now so instead of us buying that for hundreds of thousands of dollars for about 120,000, we can build a two demountables together. And we've got those photos up there, Darcy, and the land across the street here. We've got 4,700 square metres that we bought off the Church of Christ 10 years ago. And uh, we've got some plans now. So we're going to build a bayside care facility in front. We're going to get two demountables, put them together, and have a 12 by 6 facility, which we can have. So we can watch the next one. This uh, is uh, what we're prepare, proposing. Three offices for counselling and ministry and then a meeting, training room and a little kitchenette and a toilet and everything. And uh, we've worked out that for about $120,000 we can build that and that's a miracle to do that. And so we want to, you not give an opportunity to sow into that so we can do our break free prayer where hundreds of people are getting set free. Counselling, um, sozo ministry, different training groups for divorce recovery and... and uh, marriage and all those things, we want to be able to minister to our broken community with the life of Jesus. And you need a facility to do it. And uh, if you go back to the other plan now, thanks Darcy, in time we want to build some storage sheds up the back, lock up storage, and that can generate income to help finance this. And also a men's shed, we'll build a bigger men's shed with Jamie and the guys and uh, in time in stage two, and we can then minister to lots of men in our community. Um, and uh, so there's lots of exciting plans there. So next week, we're just going to take up a special offering. If God's blessed you, let's sow into it. For some people, we get next to no interest on our money in the bank. Some of us need to sow some of it into the kingdom of God, and uh, if we do what we can, God will do what we can't, and I believe, and then during the month of June, if you're not ready for next week, you can sow into it. And on that brochure that's been given out to you, it gives more details. It's got the bank account details there, and just encourage you to do. Let's join together and see what God will do. And I believe that He's going to help us in an amazing, amazing way. God wants to continue to break through in our finances. Mark um, Matthew six nineteen says, "Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth." where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Wow. It's so true. If you invest some money in your kid's soccer team, you're really interested in how they're going for the rest of the year. But if you don't buy the uniforms and the shoes and show up at the games and travel to the games, you drive past the sporting field and say, oh, it's great that the kids are out there playing. But when you put some money into it, all of a sudden your heart's there. It's the same with church. It's the same with charities. If you sponsor a uh, World Vision or a Compassion Child, all of a sudden you're praying for that kid every day. Because where you put your treasure, there will your heart be. And that's why Lisa works with Treasure Ministries in Uganda and uh, past Abram and we minister and work with. So where you invest, if you tithe into the local church, let me tell you, your heart will be here and you'll be praying. It won't be, oh yeah, that's the church down the street that we go and visit occasionally. Now all of a sudden it's our church, it's our family and that's how it works. And your own family, when you buy food and cook the meals for your family, it's your family. And the family doesn't sort of at dinner time every night say, "Well, whose house are we going to go to and have dinner at tonight? So they wander down the street and hope someone's going to provide for them. You can do that occasionally if you've got no food, but you can't do it every day. And so spiritually, there's something powerful happens when you tithe and sow into the local church here and thank you for all those who generously do it. We need to understand God's principles and work with His ways. And let me tell you, blessing overflows and you can't keep up. And uh, my wife and I, we've learned to do this all of our lives. And it's just amazing how God provides for us. And uh, so where you locate your treasure, heart will be also. Do you know money has a spirit? It's just um, dollars and cents. But there's a spiritual power that can come with money. And the Bible talks about it. It's more than just paper or coins or a card that you put in the wall. Little kids think, just go and... Don't put the card in the wall, money will come out, Dad. You know? But someone's had to earn the money that's in there that you can get out. So the world has shifted and changed, but the principles haven't. Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. And that can become such a crippling thing. What dominates us? Is it money or possessions, or is it God's Spirit that leads us? True prosperity is good, not bad. If God's blessed you, then you've got resource. There's been times in our life where my wife and I didn't have much. We're putting our kids through school and and we're on part-time work. And my neighbours needed food, but we just didn't have any spare. We were just getting through. and, And my heart used to struggle. I thought, if we had more, we could give more. But because we shared what we could, now God's blessed us in the journey of life and we've been able to bless many more people. And support a pastor in, in India and, and give into all sorts of ministries because God's blessed us so that we can bless others. So being blessed and prosperous is a God kingdom principle. And the world often says, well, that church has got too money. No church has ever got too much money if they're sharing it and so on and investing it because God will trust it. That business, they just seem to have so much. They've probably learnt the power of sowing and reaping, whether they're Christians or not. Because God principle work. So don't judge and get envious. Hey, let's do the best we can with what we got and see what God will do for our hearts and our lives. We need to change our mindset sometimes on these areas. Money gains a spirit called mammon. The Bible calls it mammon. What a funny word. Mammon. Mammon is unsurrendered money or resources that has the power to draw you away. You ever notice that? Some people say, well, money's the root of all evil. That's not true. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And love of money can be a wealthy person just wanting another million, or it can be a person with hardly any and just desperately wanting more and even resorting to um, unscrupulous practices to get it. So it's not about how much you have or haven't got. It's the attitude and heart that God wants us to line up with God's principle. And I've learned that it works and it's powerful And it's true. So mammon, Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Wow, now some people say, well you can't serve God and, and make money. No, it's not money. Mammon is unsurrendered stuff that's not surrendered to God and it can have a control and take you away. We've got to understand that some people misinterpret and say, well you can't be blessed and rich as a Christian. Well, we'd have to take half the Bible out. Isaac, Abraham, all these guys were the richest people of their generations. God's not against money or resources. David gave billions of dollars. I read some uh, details on it. He gave over $7 billion worth of gold and silver and resources to build the temple for God. Wow, and God was okay about it. You think, well, what's that about? Because he wanted to do something that got the attention of the world that God's a great God. And the world has so distorted and the spirit of mammon and money has distorted our perspective on so many things. And we need to know that God is the God of blessing and resource, whether you're just praying in enough food for tomorrow or whether you've got ample to bless and feed the poor in the city. God is the God of blessing and provision. And we need to do it God's way. And you know, money's a divine testing ground. Whenever I preach on reason, about once every two years I do a couple of weeks teaching on it. There's some people deliberately don't come to church because they don't want to hear anything about money. I'm thinking, you've got a problem with money, that's why you don't want to come. I just think, let's teach the truth and set people free. Some of you, I just a few people just tuned out on me right then. <laughs> that's okay, just let the Word of God do His work. We're not after people's money. I want you to be blessed so you can bless your family, leave an inheritance for your kids and grandkids, bless the poor and needy, sponsor and support missions and whatever. Let's be blessed. If your business or uh, professions is being blessed, run with it because God knows he can trust you with it. Do you know why some people don't get really lots of money? Because God knows he can't trust them with it. Uh-oh, money's a test. It says if you're not faithful in other people's, if you're not faithful with money, if you're not faithful in little things, God says, how can I release the true riches, which is kingdom power? And how can I release more finance and resource? Because he, he knows he probably can't trust our hearts. So it's a hard issue. And God's tested my wife and I so many times over the years because he knew that there'll be times where there'll be resource flowing and he needs to know our hearts are trustworthy and it's going to go for the kingdom and for others, not for ourselves. And God loves us so much, and so money's a divine testing ground. The enemy knows if we get money right, it releases God's blessing and authority. Before you're a Christian, probably well over ten percent of your money was wasted on unnecessary things, status symbols, alcohol, drugs, party, adrenaline experiences, expensive relationships. You list them out. Someone say, oh, "I can't afford to give tithes and offerings." Before you're a Christian, probably well more than ten percent was wasted on stuff that was unnecessary. I think God's got a good deal. He said percent plus offerings. I think that's a good deal when you see what the devil takes from our lives. Let's get it in perspective. Let's just see it from God's perspective and stop wrestling over stuff you don't need to wrestle over because God's freedom wants to be... Remember, the Holy Spirit comes and there's freedom in our thinking. There's freedom in the way we deal with resource. There's freedom in the day that we help people in need. Kingdom perspectives... Changes how we live. You cannot serve God and Mammon. Satan tries to get us to live with divided loyalties. A couple of quick points to wrap it up. Mammon, Mammon's device is deception. You don't know if you're being deceived. What are who is directing my major life decisions? Mammon starts with partial control and works towards ultimate control. If we don't, how do you destroy the spirit of mammon? Surrender your life, surrender your resources, sow into the kingdom of God, do it God's way, and that power is taken off of it. You're not controlled by it. There's freedom to do and not to do with your finance and resources for his purposes, and your life and family will be blessed. I want to tell you, that's the way it works. Ask the question, is it money that decides where I live? What church I go to? What decides my future? Money shouldn't be controlling those decisions, God should be. That's where Lordship comes in. And if you honour the Lord, He will, in His grace and time, provide for us and lead us. Secondly, Mammon's deception is control. The enemy wants money and possessions to be our source. Our finances either operate from a surrendered position to God or from an unsurrendered position to God and we're in charge. It's my money, it's not your money, God owns everything, He's just trusted you with it. See, that's totally different to the world's mindset. It's not my house, I've been entrusted to it, so let's use it to bless my family and the community. It's not my business, it's His business, that he generates blessing to meet people's needs, to provide and overflow to bless the kingdom of God and the community. When you change your mindset, it's freeing. You're not controlled by it anymore. My spirit's free and it's so good to live in that freedom. Yes, be responsible stewards. And we'll share about that in a moment. And thirdly, Mammon's goal is worship. True worship is about who, who we place in the ultimate place of authority in my life. Spiritually, in my thinking and in my material world, Satan was an archangel, and he fell because he desired the place of worship in heaven. Got thrown out because Jesus is Lord. He uses money and he puts the spirit of Mammon in it so that we will ultimately worship it and be controlled by it, whether you've got it or haven't got it. Mammon is unsurrendered money empowered to draw us away. Don't make major decisions based just on money. I've seen people get a promotion, they move town, end up in a place where there's no church, their family suffers and they make more money but they're miserable. Be led by the Spirit and God will meet your needs and surprise you in the journey of life. He's a good God but don't let money be the primary decision maker. Let the Spirit of God lead you and your heart for His kingdom and others and you will see blessing overflow. And I've seen Christians that have lived on way less than others but they're more blessed and after 20 years they've got more resource than others have. And I've told the story before of this uh, couple that were school teachers and they were involved in a school that was planted and back then they served and uh, worked for probably half the normal salary that a teacher was. You can't do all that now with rules and whatever but back then they did. And they willingly sacrificed to get this Christian school established for 10 years. 10 years later, they sold their house. And they made this huge profit. And the Holy Spirit spoke to them, work out how much salary you have sacrificed in 10 years. And it was to, almost to the dollar, God replaced all the money they'd sacrificed to build that Christian school. And He's got ways to provide. 10 years later, they weren't expecting it, but God just says, hey, because you've served me, I'm going to provide. I've got numerous stories like that of God's blessing and provision comes when we live God's ways. Luke 16:13. No one can serve two masters. You'll end up loving one and despising the other. Three quick things to cause us to struggle financially to wrap it up. Number one: when we accommodate destructive debt. These get the stuff now and pay later, buy now and pay later scheme, be very careful of those. If, if you live with those and you don't pay them back, mate, you're up for 20 or more percent interest. They don't tell you that, but it's in the fine print if you have a look. We've got to be wise. We feel like we need to have what other people have. And I heard the story of this family, they end up borrowing lots of money they couldn't afford to impress people next door who didn't like them anyway. What a crazy world we live in. <laughs> hey, God says, come on, let's live with a blessed life, pleasing Jesus, providing for our family and those that we're responsible for and leave the rest to God. Some people teach we shouldn't get into debt at all. I don't see that clearly in Scripture. Yes, you don't borrow for things that are depreciating. You borrow borrowed $10,000 to go on a holiday it's all gone, then you've got to pay it back for the next five years. But borrowing money for appreciating assets and land and houses and other things, that's often the way in our culture we have to do it to get forward. And if you do it wisely and it doesn't control you, God's blessing flows. And our church at times has borrowed money. We bought that land, we we borrowed some money, paid it off as quick as we could, and now we have an, an amazing asset. And, and some of you, if we didn't borrow, none of us, many of us, Hardians would have our own homes. But it's debt for depreciating things that you, you then have to find a way to pay back. So let's just be wise. Don't go into debt for things that depreciate. Wisdom, have wisdom with loans and finding. I worked in a bank for 11 years and I've seen Christians just do some dumb things and I've seen some do amazing things. I'm not a financial advisor but I've often helped people just make a few wise choices. Number two, when we don't embrace a strong work ethic, what's James says, you don't work, you don't eat. Thank God we live in a blessed country where we've got support for people between jobs, but boy, there's a welfare mentality that has developed in our nation, which is not healthy. It's not healthy. It's an entitlement mindset that is not healthy for people or our land. And as Christians, let's be diligent, work hard and see God's provision over our lives. James 2.14, My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims their faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? Wow. Proverbs 22.29, Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings, they will not serve before officials of low rank. And lastly, we can get in trouble if we fail to implement financial accountability. Good decisions are managed decisions. Proverbs eleven fourteen, People lose their way without wise leadership, but a nation succeeds and stands in victory when it has many good counsellors to guide it. Sometimes we blame the devil for unwise living. Oh, we're broke. Devil, you've stolen from me again. Hey, sometimes we've just been dumb with our spending. We've spent more than we've earned. Let's not blame the devil for what we've done just with lack of wisdom. Get wisdom, get some wise counsel and you will live a blessed life. Help us, Lord. Come on up, worship team. Mammon doesn't ask for for permission. It's a spirit that attaches itself to your material world. The good news is that God is with us, he is for us and we have the answers completely contained in his word. How do we turn this? Surrender your heart Your life, your money, your relationships, your possessions to God. Jesus wants to be your saviour and your Lord. And the word for Lord is master. If we put him in charge, God provides. Amazingly. Amazingly. And some of you here are looking at me and you've just been so blessed. Just say, God, we're so blessed. We are so blessed. Maybe you're in a trial season. That's okay. Just be faithful. Just keep sowing in. And you'll see the overflow for your life. Matthew 6, 24 says, No one can serve two masters, only he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. This is the amplified. Money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. That's the key. It's not about how much money you got in your account or your pocket. It's, is he in charge? And I want to see more and more Christians in this city so blessed that He trusts us with more so that we can have every chaplain full time in our schools. We can support hundreds of those serving in pastors and missions in India and around the world. We can see transformations by their property. We can see that fully developed. We can build our home for the harvest. We can can see the poor and needy fed and closed. God, we want to see your kingdom resource. We want to see your presence and power flow. That hearts are changed. That money is not the issue. Instead of having to say, can we afford it? You can say, Lord, give us wisdom how to do it. That'd be great when we live with that, hey? Oh, God. God, release your kingdom spirit of generosity and overflow. For your kingdom. Luke 10 says, No servant can serve two masters, he'll love one and hate the other. Will stand devotedly by the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and that is your earthly possessions or anything else you trust in and rely in instead of God. Wow. And the last verse that many of you know, Matthew 6:33, who knows what this one is? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let's say it together, hey? Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. If you read the verses before, He's talking about food, clothing, shelter, all our basic needs that if you seek first God's kingdom, He will make ways to provide for you. And that's how God wants us to live. And then if you live with an overflow, you can help others get to this place. And that's why God's blessed some of you think wow our business has just exploded the last two years COVID has destroyed some business but ours has just flourished well you bought some house or land years ago and now you've sold it and you've multiplied your money hey God's blessing is there so that you can be a blessing to your family and you can be a blessing to the city you can be blessing to the church and I believe God's going to release multiplied millions of dollars for the kingdom of God It's not about the dollars, but it's about being able to lift up his name and God's shifting some of our mindsets so that we don't have poverty thinking. Are you going to serve the God of not enough, just enough, or the God of more than enough? God, we want to serve the God of more than enough. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.